Freedom On! You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 40, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 184 and X-Men number 113 from June Welcome to the 40th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. So, Crusader Chronicles... 40? Yes. Can you believe it? <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting. I was going to save it for later, but oh. if you want to get there right away, then I hey, do. you know. The big four. 39 episodes doesn't matter. Let's just get right to it. It's been 40, 40, 40. Do I even need to know, do a description of what this is about? We might get some new folks. There's some yeah, new people who might listen to 40th, might be their first. Because yeah, our 40th true. is their first. Mm-hmm. That's deep. It is, but I can't believe it. It is 40. So we will uh, commence with the celebration right after this brief description of what the show is. And so Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by their release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement for the last 40 episodes. Can you believe it? Can, Can you believe, believe it? it? What? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, yes. Okay. So, you know, for the last 39 episodes, we have been providing short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues from that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection for the last 39 episodes and having some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends for 40 episodes. Woohoo! Okay. 40. What? <laughs> oh, right? no, it's right 40 now. shorty 40 shorty that's what it is yeah. pop up his <laughs> well let's go ahead and see who's here with me for the 40th wow can you believe it mm. 40th episode I cannot believe it We've been so, and I couldn't have done it without the special person in my life I'm just going to mention it Jason the Weasel <laughs> Star Albrecht <laughs> thank you for being my friend yeah Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I've been on the edge. I got like four dragon lords coming at me, trying to recruit me into their gang. What's behind you? What is behind me? <laughs> I got dark dragons. I got Christo dragons. <laughs> I got probing dragons. I got dragon problems. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 99 problems and dragons make up the majority of it. <laughs> or four of those 99. You got to choose one. Mm-hmm. I was told I couldn't choose. <laughs> So confused. That's confusing. It is. Well, speaking about confusion, since I've mixed it up, we might as well just keep mixing it up and going to the next person in line. And that person mm-hmm. has also been a special friend of mine. Been with me through thick and thin. Always there from the top to the bottom. Thank to you, the Pat. Bottom, to it's the top. good to be back. Yep. <laughs> Delvin Williams, <laughs> the dark web. Hey, I figured for our 40th celebration that, you know, we could all just take, you know, a nice a relaxing soak in this mm. oil. It's very calm. It's very, oh, it's on fire. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the extinguisher, but it's the action film face off one and it's got spikes on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> oh. And Pat has wrestled the bear. 
It's the greatest promo ever made. <laughs> it's the bear that's in the honey jar, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody still listening? I don't know. Well, but if they are listening, let's go ahead and introduce our third guest. Or well, I don't say guest, but joining me. You know, you guys aren't guests anymore. You're your families. Oh, it's 40 episodes. Oh, oh. Can you believe it? So joining us, I'd say, you know, he's new to the group. <laughs> yep. I don't know if we should keep him. I said, you know, we're going to do about 40 episodes. We'll see if you fit in or fit not. In. My trial period's up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So trial period is up. So we're going to have to see whether or not this works out. So right. either hashtag Jarrett's on the podcast or hashtag Jarrett's off the podcast. Only two choices. There's only two choices. Is this a secret ballot? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Sanders Club members only. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. I couldn't be doing this podcast without this guy. He is the wind beneath my wings. It is Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. How you First doing? of all, that's a prescription for danger. Mm-hmm. I knew that going into it, but. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just ordered a refill, baby. <laughs> Here's the thing, Pat. I'm happy to be back. I just got back from Europe, and I intend to follow you around all day long. I'm going to be at your house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be at your neighborhood grocery store. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be at your work. Mm -hmm. And I dare you to keep me out. Mm. Well, you know, Jared, we've had such a really on and off relationship Mm -hmm. that I kind of like it. And, I, you know, but I don't really want to, you know, have Jason and Delvin get a little mad because, you know, there's a relationship with them as well, too. I know. You know, Jason just chases stories around all the time. I've been committed to Delvin, you know, before Delvin wanted to. Oh, man. And then there's Delvin, who, you know, he dropped me off in Europe. I don't even speak the language. Mm, So I've come back and that, you know, I'm going to make our relationship work by just following you everywhere. Stalking you constantly. I like that. In a weird way, I think that would be (laughs) funny. Pat's got a marriage proposal a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. He's got a stalker now. Things are looking up for me. I know. Mm-hmm. Just want to go on record to say that even though we haven't got to that part of the show yet, that stalker was wearing a beret, was from France, and was a woman. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Ross, but show it worked out in our favor. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> well, it is great to have all three of you here with me. On the 40th episode, if I haven't mentioned it before, man, can you believe it? Mm. What? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, I think with that, why don't we get started with this episode's issues? So let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Bailey, and I like Superman. Like, a lot. Like, he's my favorite character. I like him so much that I have podcasted about the Man of Steel more than any other character. Back in 2017, I started a show called It All Comes Back to Superman, to serve as the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith. Well, the monthly thing hasn't worked out, but I'm hoping to change that in 2020. This year, there will be at least one episode a month of the show, and most of those will be part of a series I'm calling Superman is for Everybody. Superman is for Everybody springs from my desire to talk to people that have channeled their love and affection for the character into other avenues, like cosplay, or podcasting, or academia. 
New episodes will drop in the first or second week of the month, with special episodes popping up at random because that's how I roll, apparently. It all comes back to Superman as part of the Fortress of Bailytube podcasting network, which can be found at www.fortressofbailytube.com. The show is available through Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and it's even on Spotify. It all comes back to Superman. Because really, it does. Give me a few minutes and I'll make the connection. Why are you walking away? I'm not done talking to you yet. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. It's Amazing Spider-Man number 184. Credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. This was published by Marvel. Cover date is September 1978. On sale date is June 20th, 1978. Got a cover price of just 35 cents. Editor is Marv Wolfman, also writer. Penciler, Ross Andrew. Anchor, Frank. Oh. Uh, Giacoa. <laughs> I, don't, I got nothing for Giacoa. So. No, no one has anything for Giacoa. If somebody does, let us know. We can add that in. <laughs> Be a part of the show by providing us funny spots. Litterer is John Costanza. Colorist is. She's back, boys. The yeah. Colorly Bad Colorist. Hey, there we go. Turn that frown upside down. It's Glennis Ween. You can read along with us in the reprints of the Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback or on Marvel Limited. Cover credits are Penciler Ross Andrew. Inker is <gasps> Bob McCloud. Oh, McCloud, McCloud. There could be only one, but in this case, it's Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get some cover description by the one, the only, been here for 40, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Let's go. The Marvel Comics Group banner is Little Red Book Red with black letter. <laughs> Do my own joke. It's Chinese jokes coming up. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man logo is white as the cat of Gasher Brum 1. And yes, I had to look that mountain up on Wikipedia. It's in China. They also have red highlights. Spidey is still standing proudly in his yellow corner box like Emperor Zhang Feng, who ruled China from about 1831 to 1861. Also, we're <laughs> close to learning, and I don't... <laughs> Like it. <laughs> Don't worry. They're not educational, but we really get stupider as they go. Here we go. Okay, good. All right. The main action shows our tied-up hero about to become Mongolian barbecue as he's falling into a pit of fire, spicy level 10. He's falling because the rope that was dangling him over the pit is being cut by the flame breath of White Dragon. White Dragon is high on a platform and Spidey is low, mainly due to the fact that he's falling. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. It's a combo number two of cover blurbs. One simply states Marvel's TV sensation. The other reads like an ominous fortune cookie. A brand new foe sends Spidey to a flaming end. White dragon, red death. Pat, you're on flame sounds. Okay. Jason, do a borderline racist Asian action music sound effect. It's in my script and I wrote it that way. Delvin, Spidey sounds of shocked disbelief. In three, two, one, go. All right, Jason, went too far. Dial it back. Dial it back. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> well done, everybody. Back to you, Pat. Anything goes. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jared, for that sweet and sour. <laughs> 
cover synopsis. Co- it's cover descriptions. That's yeah, the cover segment. description, yes, yes. Very good, very good. Oh, I can't believe it. Makes you hungry, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I know. I was hungry when I was writing it. I was like, I can go for some Chinese food right now. I know, I'm hungry. Yeah, man. Cover number two does sound good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get some quick cover thoughts here. We're going to start with Jason. Well, I thought this was a decent cover. I like the menace with Spidey obviously trapped and hanging over the pit of lava or fire or whatever that is. I thought White Dragon looks a little silly. It looks like he's shooting a snot rocket out of his nose there. It's like a Power Ranger. A little bit, yeah. It kind of looked like a rooster. Yeah. With foghorn, yeah. leghorn going on there. I thought it was kind of an interesting take. I don't know if that's meant to be like the spider sense around his head, kind of like a different little take, mm-hmm. the halo effect. I thought that was good. And then finally, I thought the coloring was really neat. I liked how the colorist really breaks out the juxtaposition of the bottom right with the bright flames. And then you've got the really dark top and upper left corner of the magazine to kind of show how big and cavernous the room is. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it for me. What do you think, Jared? I think you did a great job on that description. The spatial thing that you pointed out, it's tough to show spatial distance on one shot cover. They did a great job. Like I said, Red Dragon, nice and high. Spidey is low, mainly due to the fact that he's falling. I just wanted to do that joke again. I just really like that joke. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you're right. It's well laid out. The menace is great. The colors are great. I mean, everything you said. Yeah, the Red Dragon's costume design, eh, hit, miss, whatever. But, you know, I do want to point out this is 1978. And within the last, quote unquote, year of comic book time, We've seen them introduce Rocket Racer, Uh a new minority character. And now we've seen the White Dragon introducing another minority character. So so we're doing a little 1978 progressive expanding the cultural universe. We can get into that in the story, I suppose. But I thought, "Eh, that's cool. You know, you don't see a lot of Asian villains. So points for bringing one up. What is there, like Mandarin and I guess Fin Fang Foom? I think he's a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Fin Fang Foom's a dragon. There's the dude that Shang-Chi fights, his father. Fu Manchu. Uh, Fu Manchu, thank you. But anyway, I applaud their attempt at creativity. And I'll leave it at that and I'll give it to Del. I think it's a good cover. I was looking at it. I'm fortunate enough that I actually own Amazing Spider-Man 184. He's so fancy. Oh, he's showing it. Oh, you know what that means. He's so fancy. He's got the diamond corner, not the square corner. Ooh, yeah. Did you see that? I've never completely understood the difference, but some of them are diamonds and some of them are squares. I bet bringing that up, one of our listeners is going to know, probably Ryan Daly, because he's super smart about My money's on Tim Price. Does anybody else want to bet on one of our listeners? GLHG, he's got this. Yeah, that's a good Okay, I will say Gene. All right. Gene probably would know. So somebody out there. Come on, Tim Price. I'm counting on you. Let us overall, know what the diamond or the square. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, overall good cover. Then when I looked and saw that the way that the rope broke for Spidey is that White Dragon you know, shot the flame. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a somewhat accurate depiction of something that happened in the book. I like the cover. I didn't think it's great, but it did introduce a new character. I look at it and the very first thing I saw was a dragon. You see, like, if you look at it from the red going down to the white, you can see the dragon going on there and it's pretty cool. So I like it. What do you think, Pat? I like the colors on this. As Jason said, I like how they're helping put some depth to this cover. Seeing Spider-Man wrapped up in the chain and how he's like that reminds me of the Nova issue. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
heard when he was on the anchor. Yeah. 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 I looked at that. I'm like, oh, that seems like I've seen him in that you know, mm-hmm. position before. But yeah, you know did. what? After so many times, you, they're always putting the character in some sort of a position you see. I, I remember that Nova cover too. We discussed how that was kind of, eh, I guess they had to do it for visual thing. But I mean, shouldn't Spidey be able to break a chain? I would think so. They're pretty but, strong. Yeah. Whatever. Who knows? Yeah. We complained yeah. about it on Nova. Right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know, I, I'm like, I've seen this before. If we do remember the story, I think he was knocked out, so he could have been chained and just woke up as he's falling. So yeah. that's legit. Yeah. This happens a lot to him. Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've been chained and well. What? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Hey. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't know where the key is, Mary Jane. <laughs> I know where I put it. <laughs> oh, no. Move on. All right. Well. The other thing, too, is that it's got Marvel's TV sensation on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't do any research, because like, I normally don't, so I don't know if anybody else has. Maybe we throw that out to the listeners as well. Is this when his TV show was out? Yeah, Maybe I think Friday it's the live action. Amazing Friends? I think it's the live action show. I think it, I was yeah, wondering I if it's so. the live yeah. action. I think Spidey and his Amazing Friends started in like 80 or 81-ish. Mm. They had the cartoon, but that's... I think this is the live action cartoon, show. Yeah, but My money's yeah. on temp price. <laughs> All right, somebody out there give us another. We're very lazy podcasting people, so. We just like to involve our listening community. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I think. I think it's a really good cover. Interested in the dragon. Wanted to know more. Does he show up later on? But we can get that into as we get into the more detail of the story. So before we do that, you know what, guys? It's been 40 episodes now. Well, this is the 40th episode. So What? Can you believe it? Yeah. Just as a reminder out there, let's give you a rating system as we do the cover ratings. We do a one through five scale here on the Crusader Chronicles. And we start with number five as being the highest. It's you love it. It tickled your tummy feathers. (laughs) Or four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. It's an average cover. Two, you didn't like it at all. Or one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. So let's find out where does it rank for you, Delvin? Tickle or ruffle? Or Somewhere in the middle. Musical genius Joe November were here. Mm-hmm. He'd be about a three point five for me. I'd He's always like- about a three point five. <laughs> you ever notice that when whenever we estimate what Joe's going to think, he's always at a three point five. Well, that's that's Joe, you know. Yeah, he, he's a steady. He's steady right there. Yes. So. so I'm more on the three side of this than the four. So I'm leaving it at a three. All right, Pat. Well. Pat, I'm glad you asked. I am going to agree with Delvin on that. I'm going to go with the three. It's a pretty average cover. I like the colors in it. They really do pop out to me, but I don't really know much about the white dragon, so that's where I'm stuck. So with that, we'll go to Jared. I'm going to do my weatherman bit and say this is a strong three moving in from the west. Not quite a four, but close. I was on the verge. I was Joe November in it myself, but I'm going to just stay with solid three and see what Jason has to say. I'm just going to round it out with you guys with a three for me as well. I think I like almost all the elements of the cover. I just thought that the uh, villain was a little bit weak and looked a little bit too much like a chicken. You know what that means, boys? We have hit it again. Come and knock on our door. We'll be ready for you. Where the cover ratings are threes and threes and threes. Threes, All right, we've hit Three's Company status. Woohoo! 
We've reached one goal. Now, where will we reach the others? Let's find out by getting a story synopsis by Delvin. Let's get a cracking. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title of this book is White Dragon, Red Death. I got excited for some reason. <laughs> the person who was waiting inside of Pete's apartment is none other than Betty Brent. All smiles and calling Pete brown eyes and stuff. See, Pete and Betty had a thing going on way back in issue 11. Or was it 12? Now she's back because her marriage with Ned Leeds is on the hot stove after she's been all alone in Paris. I'm on you. I'm on you. Ned has been <laughs> off on assignments abroad. So she came back to New York and seems hot for Peter Parker or maybe just needs a friend. Maybe both. She won't let Pete shake her, even as he goes to graduation practice, where they both see a loner student named Philip Chang. Forgot to mention a vignette where J. Jonah Jameson and Marla Madison go and visit a doctor who lets them know that he is unable to cure John Jameson of his affliction. So he must stay in cryogenic sleep, which will give anyone the shivers. The shivers. Sorry. Back to Chang. Dude is a bit jumpy, almost taking Pete's head off with a Judy chop. Pete finally ditches Betty and goes to clear his head. He runs into a protection racket in Chinatown, which he manages to nix, then goes to meet Betty for dinner, where Philip Chang happens to work. He opens up to Peter a bit, but is interrupted by the White Dragon, who knocks Philip unconscious. Tut, tut. Pete gets a spidey tracer on White Dragon in the melee and follows White Dragon. Seems Chang has to make a choice of choosing between joining one of four rival gangs or face the consequences. Spidey intervenes and squares off with the White Dragon, who uses his claws to knock Spidey into next Monday. White Dragon gives Chang one chance to save Spidey. Choose a gang or else. Chang still says no, and Spidey is dropped into a vat of oil, which White Dragon then lights on fire in a cliffhanger, almost exciting as an Iron Bowl 2019, where the Auburn Tigers beat Alabama 48-45. Woohoo! Can I just jump in again? Of course. From the moment you did 11 and 12, I knew where we were going. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> I was like, I, I want to make this obvious from the start. So, I, yeah. I, I, I was coming at it like I knew this was going to be something about the Iron Bowl. I didn't get any of the references except the very end. 
And I was like, I don't get it, but I know this. Uh, all players, players on the team. He worked in names of players on the team. Yeah, so in this case, yes, uh, other than the 11 to 12 reference, which is how the game ended, I worked in the names of a few players from the football team, Brown, Stove, Shivers, Knicks, Tut, and Monday. Gotcha. Uh, all right. There you go. War Eagle, Delvin. War Eagle, Jared. Very good. Very good, Delvin. A solid 0.4% of our audience is totally in on this. <laughs> you know what? You, you, know just what? Re- you got look, an extra look, point, Delvin. Extra look, point. It's not for them. It's for me. It's for me. He's clapping for himself. I'm back for you. <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead and get to the brick or brack for this issue. Let's find out if it's a first read or reread. So since Delvin has this issue in hand, let's find out. Well, let's begin with me, Pat. Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. It's a first read for me, Jared. It is a first down, for, uh, first read for me. Mm, Jason. Also a first read for me. Let's see if Delvin's going to kill the momentum. I do have the book, but I did not read the book. Ooh. Was it a recent pickup? I don't know. I've had it for a minute and look, I have not read this book. So oh, that okay. makes this everybody storm the field. I'm stuck in the hedges. <laughs> ah, yes. You put us on top of the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some highs and lows, or what does. We're going to start with Jason. I guess I'll start with uh, what the. Mm. What the heck is up with Betty Brant, man? Crazy. Uh, this She's crazy, man. I, I mean, <laughs> she's all coming back and just like throwing away her whole relationship with Ned to jump back in with Peter. And Peter's kind of like, I mean, he's reeling off of the MJ disc. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I know I shouldn't, but I'm about to hit that. (laughs) (laughs) To me, this is my real what the moment. Because she's like, basically, did you know that they speak French in France? (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah, we all do that. Jeez, lady. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about this. So I'm just going to put it in the what the category and pass it off to Jared. You know, if you're in France, at least get a better haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't like Miss Brant's haircut there? Is that yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. Maybe just something about it. <laughs> Reminds me of how my mom used to cut my hair. Like, you know, put the bowl on me and then just. No, right. I don't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I thought it, it, it's it, been 40 episodes. It's been, you know. Put you I in a I dress and a beret, it. too? Man. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Delvin. Delvin, you got a high, low, or what the? I have a high. That fight that happened, the protection racket, where mm. Spidey busts in, does his thing, flips the webs, does the banner, and then tells the guy. It was very well set up. He tells the guy, look, I don't want to be involved in this. Cops are kind of harassing me and stuff. Just wanted to help you out. Here's a number called the cops. I already called them for you. Just go ahead and tell them what happened. And the store owner kind of looked at the phone, placed it down. And they gave that explanation about no outsiders take care of stuff like that in Chinatown. And I'm like, it was a very well set up scene. And I enjoyed it. It looks like it's setting the tone that whatever does happen in Chinatown here is going to stay in Chinatown. And I like that. Jared. Don't be a bummer and start with a low in round one. Not a lot of people pay attention to this, but Jared Albrecht does. The writer, Jamar Wolfman, I think. 
Thank you very much. He didn't do the world's best job of planning out his dialogue, and he made life really hard on his letterer. There are several panels that are too tight with dialogue and were difficult for me to follow to which to which. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I feel qualified to speak on this because that is exactly the rookie mistake I made in Hamilton versus Burrow Werewolf's Tale. It's too dialogue heavy. There's too many balloons on certain pages. I've learned this in my way. But you can still... 10% off if you're a Crusaders Club member. That's right. You do get a discount Crusaders Club member or anybody can go buy it at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there were several panels. By several, I mean probably three or four. Mm-hmm. that were just overcrowded with dialogue and it wasn't spaced out very well. These are the things I noticed now, but it bothered me a little bit. So it's a low, it's a nitpicky low, but, you know, Wolfman, he'll get better over the years. <laughs> well, isn't that kind of odd? Wolfman was an editor. He yeah. also edited it. He's the editor. I know, too. you I think you would know yeah. about word count, balloon count, which, you know, again, I had to learn through mistakes. Everybody learns mm-hmm. through mistakes. And this is still relatively early in his career. I mean, he really kind of blows up, I think, on the Teen Titans. Did you think the conversation went something like this? Like, they gave it to the letter, and the letter's like, there's too much dialogue in here, man. We're going to have to edit this down. And then Wolfman said, well, let me talk with the editor. He <laughs> said, screw you. Do what I tell you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Figure it out or you're fired. That's <laughs> so, okay. Look, I, look, I, don't blame me. It's not me. It's not me. It's, it's, it's the, the editor. The editor. Guy's a jerk. <laughs> I mean, I won't go so far as to say it's bad, but it's noticeable, which is not a good thing. I do agree that it's it's definitely noticeable because I had to re kind of read the those mm-hmm. certain panels to go, okay, yeah. is he saying this first or whatever? There's especially that when Spidey comes upon them in the warehouse or whatever, I had I'm like, well. Is Spidey mm-hmm. saying something first, or do I got to read the bad guys talking to what's his name about the words are fine? Is it just not placed in the right place? Right? It's that there's too much dialogue for the small panel. Uh. So something got lost in translation between the writer, artist, and the letterer. I mean, letterer's got to do what the script tells them to do. Yeah. So your artist either needs to put enough room in that panel, you know, he needs to look at all that dialogue and make the panel size accordingly. Or in this case, I mean, there's tons of panels in here. So I think ultimately it lands on Wolfman that he crammed in too much. Again, I've been there. I've made this mistake. So I'm not like, oh, I'm I'm better than you guys. I don't know if you guys know this, but I made my own comic. Have I talked about that before? No. No. (laughs) I didn't know. But seriously, I mean, it's just like you noticed it, Pat. So I feel validated. So I will pass it to you, Pat, for your thoughts. Hi, low. What the? Um, you know, I'm going to give it a high on this, and that's with even though the story was kind of crammed, I did enjoy that you got several different things going on here. You have the part with Peter and Betty. We finally find out who that mysterious person was mm-hmm. that was waiting for him. But so, but it was not the person who wanted to buy the house. No, is that no, mystery no, still out true. there. Well, maybe she does want to buy the house. <laughs> yeah, she's getting a little weird. Yeah, you got to buy the cow before to get the milk. You know, <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Well, I don't think, that's how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're mixing metaphors now, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> but you had that part, so you got that story going on there. I like that aspect of oh, there's some controversy. Is what's he going to do? You know, he's got a chance to go back with Betty, and you know, MJ wants to be all MJ. You know. She turned it into our MJ. So I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a cool story going on there. Then you have, you know, there's action going on in here with him just fighting the dragons and then finding out with the white dragon what his deal is. That's the beeper I put in yep. for covering too many topics and highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
with it sounds like my time is up. So with that, let's go ahead and get to the top of round two. <laughs> and we'll go back to Jason. You got a high, lower, what the? This one's a low. I really didn't like when Spidey was kind of recapping and he's thinking how he's worried about Aunt May who went back into the hospital after he accidentally walked into. No. No, that is not what happened, Peter. We were all there. You didn't accidentally do anything. You made a very intentional decision to Mm -hmm. change out of your civilian uniform, go busting in a spider, be like, booga, booga. And she she was all like, (laughs) she was like, my my beeper going up. (laughs) That was all you. That's your fault. And I'm not letting you forget it. How did it go again? Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Oh, 40 not... episodes. 40 episodes. <laughs> Still giving him the gold of 40. <laughs> All right. Delvin, top that one. <laughs> I can't. I won't even try. I'll give a high. I'm intrigued about the John Jameson storyline. Mm, yeah, that's they're setting up something pretty cool there because he is. Why am I blanking? Werewolf, man, wolf. Oh, anyone? Yeah, <laughs> not wolf cap. <laughs> I think it's Man-Wolf. Might be Man-Wolf. They're setting up the storyline or a storyline with Man-Wolf, I'm pretty sure. And that's cool because Man-Wolf is a classic Spider-Man villain. So I like that. I'm sure that's where it's headed. It was also cool seeing that JJJ Mm -hmm. and Marla went together. Mm Mm-hmm. And she called them honey or something like that, too. She Interesting. Even though I'm pretty sure Jared can attest, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, go anywhere. Don't, you, don't worry about them. They ain't no mind noise. They seem like they're guys. good with each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're good, but probably like just as platonic friends only. That's it. Friends go with friends to That's what Peter wants to be with Betty. Right. Uh-huh. You say he's just a friend, but you say yeah. he's just a friend. But Betty's like, you got what I need. I need. <laughs> mm-hmm. so she came back from Paris on a surprise visit to see her friend who was so exquisite. Okay, we're going to stop right there and pass it on to Jared. I'm going to go with what category this fits into. I probably would have made different choices than Peter. (laughs) Okay. I mean, so if it shows this, up in your apartment. Oh, <laughs> oh I, thought, I thought you meant like creatively. Like, oh, no, I, I got, got it. it. No, 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 no. What Jared is saying there is, if this were the amazing death probe, <laughs> which needs to be made, then, you know, you, you turn the page and there would have been some different action going on. <laughs> I would have said, oh, man, why don't you come inside my apartment? Well, teach you she was time. already there. Twip, twip. I know, man. <laughs> I know. I was... But that, that ain't the first time. You know, you said people knock on yeah. the door. Hey, do you want to try this drink I've made you? Yep. Had opportunity to match Glory uh, Grant's protein shake and uh-huh. didn't do that. <laughs> Definitely would have spun a web of any size. <laughs> In my experience, as a young man. The only time an attractive woman ever knocked on my door is when she needed help moving a couch or something. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's gone. Can you help me move this couch? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, what we learned here is what we already knew. I'm a terrible person, and I will pass it over to Pat. Well, I don't (laughs) know if I can do, Pat. You would have done it, too. (laughs) 
think we all no he would have been like i don't like that haircut yeah no i don't like that haircut (laughs) they don't go with the boots <laughs> the boots don't have fur. Either put a hat on your head or take change your boot. Come on, Betty. That's an old '60s hairstyle. Get with the '70s here. Come on. Maybe it's just me. I'm not a Betty girl. I'm not a Betty guy. I'm a. I like the MJ. Nothing wrong with that. I, I think Pete agrees. My what though would be you know what's this white dragon guy? Is he going to yeah, be around yeah. longer? It's a what the to me is what the white dragon. You know, does anybody know a little bit more about him? No. Street slang for cocaine, mm. possibly. <laughs> you know that one, Pat. I besides the obvious, <laughs> I really don't know. I don't remember him coming back. This, he might be a one shot wonder, or whatever. But got to be another issue here. But... I'm with you though. I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, a cool stab at a new character. I'm gonna stack up again as I always do. But, you know, in this issue, they talk about Peter with his spider sense. And before, we had issues before where his spider sense didn't sense anybody else in the room. And I kind of have an idea of who is in the tank that he put in there. Hmm? What? I kind of have an idea of what was put in the tank. I think it's a mannequin. That was my theory as well. I think. It's, oh, I think that he, would explain think, why they went out of their way to show mannequins earlier. I can't believe I'm this slow. <laughs> I'm thinking that. I don't know for sure. I haven't. I want. I so much wanted to read ahead. But yeah. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. Fantastic cliffhanger. Yeah, because you, like, you're going to set that on fire. Oh, Come on. <laughs> oh, Pat, that's brilliant. Because he doesn't say anything. To show mannequins. He never says anything. And he's trying to get the guy to change. You know. Yes. You got to choose. Damn, Pat, you're on fire. <laughs> I didn't even try for that one. And that explains why he didn't break the chains. Yep. I think that's a good guess. Heck yeah. I, I think it's still Spidey because if it were a Spidey costume on a mannequin, they would have had to unmask Peter Parker. Yeah, well, we talked about that too, though. You know what I mean? It goes back to, um, you know, several episodes ago. And if you don't believe it, you know, just check back in the 39 that we did. Wow, can you believe it? I'm going to milk that one, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know we talked about what does it really matter who he is they don't know who he is mm. so you take his mask off it doesn't matter i don't know that's my theory but well i guess we'll find out in the next issue there's one more thing i wanted to bring up because i saw it and i smirked a little bit i will ask the question rhetorically gee i wonder why when pete went to graduation practice they didn't have a cap and gown ready for you know i thought that too Maybe somebody's check bounced for that last semester's tuition. Or he failed. Hmm. Interesting. Delvin's mm. uh, playing coy over there. Mm. Possibly playing coy. Yes. Just saying, maybe that was a story element for the future that was thrown in that people may not have noticed. Okay. Just Good mm. point. A lot, going, a lot of story development going on in here. So it made this issue interesting, I think, how they kind of webbed it all together, so to say. Whip, whip. <laughs> all right. Well, I think with that, let's go ahead and get to our silly Spidey moment. Delvin, what's your silly Spidey for this issue? What I thought was funny was the teaser at the end on the very last page where they were saying, well, our next issue be called. Oh, you t- you're taking mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, our next issue be called Aunt May Comics because just the visual of like 30 or 31 pages of like Aunt May laying on the bed. (laughs) Every once in a while, Spider-Man walks in and he says, Buddha, Buddha. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nurse comes in with bedpans, you know, they have to do selective. Yeah, it would be a funny book is one of the things. The the whole thing provided me some laughter and mirth. Jared. I should have wrote this down. Looking for it right now. He called somebody a funny name in here. Pat, you got anything on that? It wasn't Chuckles. It wasn't Chuckles. It was was different. He got a bunky. Bunky. Thank you. He called somebody Bunky, and I was like, that needs to come back. I'm busting out Bunky at least two times this week, and I challenge you and all of our listeners to do the same. Get your game together, Bunky. <laughs> I don't know and what with, that means. I don't either, but I'm busting it out. And with that, I'm going to pass it to Jason, a.k.a. Bunky. <laughs> <laughs> well, my fellow Bunkies, that's one, two, three, four Bunkies. <laughs> Wait, I'm counting myself. Never mind. <laughs> you say bunk. It's not like we're like in a bunk bed or something like that. No, it's like bunk brass monkey, y'all putting a one Brass monkey. That funky monkey. I'm going to go with the J. Jonah Jameson one. I just like the scene where he was walking into the lab that held his son and they were popping smoke at him for smoking that cigar. Mm. Every time I see that, I just think it's funny because it's just like, he's not putting out that cigar, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I just laugh because anybody that even tries to get him to put out that cigar just cracks Mm -hmm. me up. I'll put that cigar out right on your head. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So anyway, Pat, that just leaves you, I believe. I went through this one. It wasn't wasn't really some good funny parts here. So uh, what really caught me at the end is what was Jelvin's choice as well, too, were Aunt May comics. I'm glad y'all said it. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I had the same thought when he said, and I'm like, yep, I can see it. (laughs) It would be funny. Early on, there's that panel of her kind (sighs) of in Peter's thoughts, and it's just her in the bed going, ah, and Spider-Man's there. (laughs) 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 I don't know why that's funny. (laughs) With that, let's get to the ratings here, Bunkies. Let's get into ratings for this issue. Just a reminder, it's a one through five rating system, and it's five, you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. I'm going to add in a special layer here just because it's the 40th. It's the 3.5, the Joe November special. It's sung to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's your favorite tune. Tickled your keys. Yeah, it tickled your keys. Or three, you liked it. Number two, you didn't like it at all, or one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. Jason. I'm going to give this one a solid three. I thought it was enjoyable. I liked it. I'm interested to see where it's going. What about you, Delvin? I'm giving it a four. For some reason, I really just like how it flowed. I like the feel of it. It felt like I was reading a comic book that could almost panel for panel be taken and put into a TV show or a cartoon. It just seemed fun. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And maybe I just needed some fun in my day when I read this, but I'm going to give it a four. Jared. I'm going to take that Joe November 3.5. Oh, I figured somebody <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to give it a four, which is odd because I gave it a low and a what the, but I thought it was a three based story. And then I gave it the bump up. Mm. For introducing an intriguing new villain and giving us some interesting, you know, soap opera-y romance stuff that grabs your attention. And the little side plot with J. Jonah Jameson and his son. So a lot in the hopper, fun to read, skim through, looking forward to seeing where things go. And that's what I like to feel in my comics. So four and Pat, what do you got? I am going with you guys as well. I'm in the four train here. Oh, there's Jason uh, on three eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I'm very comfortable on three eyes. <laughs> 
Like Delvin said, I really was intrigued with the storytelling that was done here. Putting that all together made it interesting and makes me wanted to read more, especially with that thought of I had of, oh, is this the mannequins? So mm. I, I really want to read the next comic book to find out, am I right? Am I wrong? I think you're right. I like that. I don't I like, know. And I, see. I'm disappointed in myself for not getting it. When you find things that I don't find, I get very angry at myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's okay, Bunky. <laughs> don't get angry. Well played. All right. Well, with that, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine. And edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. That's theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, creator Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, at any of my Comic-Con appearances. Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> Books like uh, Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected X-Men 113. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics as well. It's a Marvel. Cover date was September 1978, but its on sale date was June 20th, 1978. Got a cover price of 35 cents. Editor is Roger Stern. Writer Chris S. Claremont. Esquire. Penciler is John L. Field the Burn. Anchor is Terry Austin. Letterer is Annette Kawicki. And colorist, we got a double. Oh, man, she's better than bad tonight. She's bad tonight, yeah. She's color me bad. Glennis Ween. That's why it's two Ds, because she doubled it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two Ds nuts. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you can read along with us either if you have the original issue. Uh, otherwise, you can find it reprints in the classic X-Men number 19 from 1988. The very best of Marvel Comics trade paperback. Marvel Masterworks Volume 24 of the Uncanny X-Men, an essential 
X-Men Volume 1 trade paperback, X-Men The Movie trade paperback, and Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 1, also on Marvel Unlimited. So there's a lot of places you can find this book, So, and we hope you do read along with us. It makes it even more funner. Cover credits go to penciler John L. Byrne, and inker is Bob Layton. So let's go ahead and see what they drew and colored for us and inked for us. I'll do it. Marvel Comics group banner with black letters on a blue background. The adjectiveless X-Men logo is the same blue with white highlights. The floating heads of Banshee, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler adorn the green corner box. The main action erupts with action. We're treated to a wide shot of the X-Men battling Magneto with flames and lava all around. Colossus delivers a powerful right cross to the Master of Magnetism that frankly should probably kill him. More on that later. As Cyclops pops Magneto with an optic blast. Banshee's in flight. Nightcrawler is breakdancing, I think. Wolverine is taking a nap. Storm's crawling around. And Phoenix looks like she's leaving with general disinterest in this battle. But ah-ah, uh-uh, that's not all. Ahoy hoy over there, I see two cover boxes. One reiterates that this title is now on sale monthly in the other state's holocaust at the heart of a volcano, Windfalls Magneto. By the way, Aa and Pahoy Hoy are the two different types of lava. Yeah, we're learning today, boys. <laughs> I thought you were doing like odd jobs. Yeah, ah, ah. Uh, uh, it, it was very odd jobby, but Aa uh, uh, and Pahoy Hoy. I did not come on this podcast to get smarter, Jared. How dare you? <laughs> Very, sir. Well, in that vein, here's what we're going to do for sound effects. Pat, you're on Cyclops' beam. Jason, okay. you're on the fiery lava sounds. Good luck with that. Delvin, pick any hero and let me know what you think they'd be saying on this cover. And you got three seconds to decide. So three, two, one, go. <laughs> Is that Wolverine snoring? I hear. Yes. <laughs> well done, everyone. Laser beam volcano sounds were surprisingly good, Jason. Thank you. And we're in snoring. Back to you, Pat. Well, thank you, Jared, for that awesome cover description. I loved it. <laughs> I did not want to laugh at that. I didn't either, but it was so bad it came all the way around again. <laughs> Brilliant. Good one, Pat. Good one. <laughs> Let's get to some quick cover thoughts. Jason. I really like this cover. I think it, it's got a very threatening environment with the Class A villain right in the center there with Magneto. Then you got the lava and explosions all around, which is cool. They fit all the X-Men in into the frame, which is tough, but they do it well. I guess my only minor complaint is that getting them all in there makes them a little bit too small for me, but it's really a minor complaint. Mm, okay. What do you think, Delvin? Yeah, there's a lot going on on the cover, and it shows a feverish battle that we are getting to see the middle of. And that's very good. I'm not crazy about it, but I understand the frantic nature of what's going on with the cover. And that part I really do like because it's showing it as an all out battle. And that's cool. Jared. I might like this cover more than most. There's a lot going on. And while it's zoomed out, which makes it different, I like different. I reward different. And I do agree with Delvin. I like the frantic atmosphere. So it's got a lot going for it, and I like it, and I'll pass it to Pat. I like that it now has the on-sale monthly now, so that I'm excited for that. So we're going to get this in a monthly. The burningness around it 
and the zooming out, like you guys said, it's a little different for it, but I like that action that's going on to encompass all that action and that there's some danger, you know, it's, there's flames all around them. Not a bad looking cover. Makes me want to pick it up and read it. So with that, let's go and get to our cover ratings. As a reminder, again, the rating system is a one through five. And five, you lavaed it. <laughs> it gave you a ring to swing on. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Eh, you know, I'm going to put in there the Joe November 3.5 for the special 40th episode. What? Yeah. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. <laughs> Delvin, did you lava it or did it make you a baby? For this special episode, I will take the Joe November 3.5 oh. because I am in the middle. I was leaning towards the three. But mm-hmm. since I have the option for this episode in this episode only gentlemen yes. jared i'm looking at you don't look at me <laughs> jason Pat. Ah, well, yeah. okay i'm just making sure mm-hmm. we can't do this again we cool. No. okay all right but for now three for now 3.5 okay you're taking the joe november i am jared right. i'm gonna go all in on the four i really like it i don't have to explain myself to you <laughs> <laughs> Jason. A little peek behind the curtain. When we were at Heroes Con two years ago, I was going through the X-Men titles. I saw this. This cover really spoke to me. So I bought this one and had Chris Claremont sign this one at, at Heroes Con. So I know where this is going. I'm not five, but I, what? I, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a solid four. Nice, nice. That's nice. Now my autograph, Chris Claremont, one's a five. <laughs> <laughs> With the autograph on it, bumps it to the five. Bump, Bump up, up to five. All right, Pat, bring us home. What are you giving it? I'm giving it a four as well. I like the action going on. You see all of them trying, well, the majority of them attacking or have tried to attack, I would assume, and just the franticness that is happening with the fire makes me want to read it and figure out what's going on. So I'm giving it a four. Well, all right. Well, let's go ahead and delve into this book a little bit more with the synopsis by Jason. Thank you, Pat. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants. Feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect, these are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents The Uncanny X-Men. one's title is Showdown. When we last left the X-Men, they were in the vile grips of their arch-nemesis Magneto. Stuck inside his hidden fortress, Antarctica, trapped in devices that eliminate their powers and reduce their muscle control to six-month-olds, Magneto feels free to continue his machinations and journeys to his satellite base, Asteroid X. Magneto, however, has underestimated his young foes, particularly in the lockpicking skills of Storm, who liberates her team. Ambushing the Master of Magnetism upon his return, the battle is on. 
Unlike their previous encounters, the X-Men fight as a team and put their foe on the ropes. Before victory can be secured, however, damage to the base causes the installation to be flooded with lava. Escaping to lick his wounds, Magneto makes his getaway and leaves our young heroes in dire straits. With the roof collapsing and lava pouring in, Beast and Marvel Girl become separated from the rest of the team. Using the rest of her strength, Jean summons the energy to break she and Beast free. Unfortunately, they are now exposed to an Antarctic blizzard and minutes away from freezing death. Thank you, Jason, for that synopsis. Let's get to the bric-a-brac now. So, is it a first read or a reread? Jared. First read. Pat? Well, thank you, Jared. I'm glad you asked. It is a first read for me as well. Jason. Man, that Chris Claremont line was so long, I read it while standing in line. So <laughs> oh, sorry, <man>. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Delvin, it's a waste of shot anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, first read yeah. to reread. Doesn't really matter now, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. It's okay. We already had one reading, Rainbow. We've had a nice show. I will not give you crap. <laughs> for that because you did have to wait in line for that autograph. It is all good. Well, it is what it is. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Let's get to some high, low, or what does for this issue. Well, we'll start with Jared. I'll save my main beef for round two. <laughs> oh, God. And round one... I'm going to give a low to Cyclops. He's bound up with all the other X-Men and the nanny's doing her thing. She's force feeding Wolverine and talking about putting bows and beast hair. But what does she have for him? A bath, bath and, and massage. A, a bath and a massage. It's a good quiet. day. What's he complaining about? That's all. Maybe he's Cyclops. <laughs> maybe, maybe he doesn't like baths. Maybe he's a shower guy. He's straight up getting pampered. Everybody else is getting like embarrassed, but she's like, oh, I'm going to pamper you today. And he's like, ah, there must be a way out of this. I'm like, after the bath and the massage, then <laughs> yes, but come on, pace yourself, Cyclops. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Jason. Well, I guess I'll just start with the opener. I really like the art again. Mm -hmm. Magneto's just drawn magnificently well. We get to see him using his powers against the military, which is pretty awesome. I was just kind of hooked right from the get-go into this book. Agreed. I definitely agree on that one. Delvin? All right. My high is going to be about Storm. And I, I do like how Claremont finds a way to put in little bits of the background of what is now canon for these important X-Men characters, and Storm is one of the most important X-Men characters ever. She has stood out over the decades and has been a an alpha-level mutant forever. And so it's cool how he, in the middle of even this really crazy action-packed book, he found a way to explain some of the origins of one of the most powerful X-Men. Definitely agree. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And speaking about more background origin and, and story-wise, I really enjoyed the story for this issue. I like that it's continuing on from where we left off before uh, with them getting captured by Magneto and finding that ending of having the nanny. But you also get Magneto just showing his awesome power now that he's no longer a baby. Mm, yeah. And then you have that page full of what's going on with Professor X and Lalandra, and, you know, they're on the beach enjoying themselves and kind of a backstory of what was happening with him and Myra. I kind of thought there was something there back then between him and Myra, but 
this kind of helped, you know, it told you a little bit more that there was something with Professor X in yeah, her. Moira. Yeah, Moira. Myra, Myra. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moira McTaggart. Thank you. you say potato, I say tomato. I don't know. <laughs> say Myra. <laughs> Myra. <laughs> I get you, Joe. <laughs> you you have a lot of uh, deep storytelling and, you know, they uh, Asteroid M, all that going on. You've got bases everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. How is he building this house? <laughs> really enjoyed just the storytelling in this one. You know, it's wordy, but full feeling. I thought it was a good feeling story. Well, let's go ahead and get to round two for the high lows or what the end. Jared. Let me complain about overempowered Magneto one more time. <laughs> and I will refer you to content page 12. Almost in the center of that page, you have a panel of Colossus surprising Magneto and hitting him full strength in the solar plexus, maybe the stomach, possibly the tummy feathers. Mm. And Magneto is trading blows with him, hitting him on the chin. It is specifically said that Colossus is not giving him a moment's peace, so he cannot use his powers against him. So, therefore, ipso facto, Magneto should be dead. Ain't nobody surviving no full-blown punch from Colossus to the solar plexus without using their powers. Magneto is not the thing. He cannot go toe-to-toe with Colossus, and I don't like it. Well, actually, Jared, I will refer to you to the Marvel Superheroes role-playing game handbook. No, in all honesty, the way I kind of was thinking was going on is that so Magneto has kind of this personal force field that was protecting him to some degree. All he could do was keep that bare minimum force field up. And then also what I thought was really cool about it, and I know I'm kind of jumping my turn here, but I I liked how Storm was really using her powers in a subtle way to control the humidity and really like he didn't even know he was under attack. He just had to use all his concentration to keep the bare minimum force field around him to keep him alive during that fight. And it left him very little opportunity to do any type of offensive action. What was the deal with the humidity? I think what they were really trying to do was just basically suck the moisture out of him, dehydrate him to where he, yeah, because he was like, why am I so weak? You know, like I'm I'm starting to feel feel weak because she was literally sucking the sweat right out of him. No one's going to be able to fully concentrate, which is what his magnetic powers. That's why he's able to do so many cool things. His power is mastery of magnetism, but he has to be concentrating to do it. Mm-hmm. which is why Cyclops wanted the X-Men to use those hit and run tactics. So he couldn't fully focus on any one person at one time because he was being bombarded by every side. On content page 17 at the bottom of it, Jared, they do mention that Magneto has his personal shields up. And you know how I feel about those personal shields. I know, but at least you might not agree with it, but Claremont did explain it. And what also happened at the end of it, where Magneto flat out admitted, he's like, I am effed up. Uh My freaking ribs are broken. This is going to delay my plans for months because I have to recover. Got some Mary Jane scratches on my back. (laughs) (laughs) And he specifically mentioned that it was Colossus's beating that, was the reason that he is going to be behind his schedule of world domination or whatnot. So they did explain it. All right. I don't like the force field thing. Maybe I'd like that panel better if they didn't draw it as Magneto going toe-to-toe with him and him punching. So I think it would have played better if he'd have been like, ah, 
you know, oh, thank God for my force field or I'd be dead. Yeah, I, I can roll with that. So, okay. Mm. I'll be okay. I still don't like the force field that stops anything, but all right. Fair enough. I guess I'll just jump into, into sure. mine. I yeah. thought this battle was like one of the best so mm-hmm. far that we've seen against Magneto. The X-Men finally acted as a team. Mm-hmm. We got to see Gene use the psychic combat link that they mm-hmm. start using more frequently, which I think is a phenomenal tactic and gives them a great edge. I love the scene with Beast and uh, Nightcrawler and him slinging him by the tail and slingshotting him so he could get Magneto's mm-hmm. helmet off. I don't think Nightcrawler saw that coming. <laughs> he looked very surprised. <laughs> he looked a little shocked, yeah. Hey, man, he reacted. He you said know? there must be a better way. Yeah, and actually, the, the, only, the only one that went off script this time, it wasn't Wolverine for a change, it was Colossus. I guess it was kind of good that he went off script because I think at the end of the day, he dealt the most damage, at least physical damage to Magneto. So anyway, hats off for a great fight. I loved it. Delvin. A low for Magneto and his strategy. The strategy to have the X-Men all put in that literal nanny state was mean and vindictive and everything. But since they're the X-Men and they're resourceful, and they have a way of escaping these things and blowing crap up. Why would you put them in a logistical spot that you had for years that was one of the centerpieces for all of your plans? That was a mistake. And that was a very, very big logistical mistake that he never, ever should have made. And I think that that's just a bad idea. And in fact, he was so arrogant because he even admitted, he, he, they talked about it a little bit because he's on Asteroid M in space and this thing is down at the lowest part of the planet in Antarctica, so it would take him a while to get back to it. And he left the X-Men in this logistical center of one of his main bases by themselves, only being supervised by a robot nanny. That's a mistake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, while I don't argue there was a mistake, I don't think that it's necessarily out of character or continuity of the story because he's faced off against them twice now and easily handed them their collective tales. So I think he literally underestimated them at this point. He was looking at them with contempt. He wants to get his revenge for being turned into a baby. That was motivating him. And I think there is also probably if I'm him, I'm thinking I can handle these guys. The big threat I have out there is Professor Xavier, right? As long as I keep them alive and as my hostage, when I'm ready to make my move, I can keep him off the board because I could kill his students at a moment's notice. Mm. So I think he was going to use them as leverage. I'm reading into it a little bit, but that's kind of where my mind went. He did go a little bit blowfeld, you know. I'm just going to put Bond in this room with three walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did not do his homework on Storm. I will say that. That's true. Well, I'm going to go with a high here. Uh, I talked about the story, but I also want to talk about the art. Mm. The <laughs> art was just spectacular in here with all that was going on. James mentioned it. It started off with that awesome first big splash page. That was cool. Once the action starts really well drawn and added that extra part to the story where I kept wanting to flip the page and see what's going on next and see what's going on next. I love that page one. That yeah. drew me in immediately. It was something about Magneto just looked really powerful. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, John Byrne can draw his butt off. And mm-hmm. this was just yet another example of that. 
I like how he conveyed the mind link artistically. Yeah, that was cool. I was I was like, that's a good way to get that graphically depicted. Very cool panel. Mm-hmm. When I look at this one with the robot and the robot's hair, it got that Betty Brandt hair going in. <laughs> All hung up on that tonight. Yeah, now, now I see it everywhere I go now. I see that hair. Like, oh, Take man. it easy. Pump. Come on. Let's get some new hairdos here. <laughs> But no, I really enjoyed the story as well as the art with this one. I got one last thing that I think is worth bringing up. I liked how with these older books, the actions in other comics affected what's going on in the comics that you're reading. And so I, there's that one uh, scene where they were talking about how the FF had broken up, the champions mm. were off doing yeah. something, the Avengers were locked up because of what was going on with their security clearance. And so only the X-Men are left to take on Magneto. And you just really don't see that anymore. You don't see that effort to tie the universe together. So yeah. I really appreciated seeing that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a, that's another thing that kind of suckers me in. I'm I'm a story guy, so if you got a good story and you're building that universe, you know, do I want to read those other ones? Well, maybe now because I want to. I'm intrigued to see. Yeah, you know what they're talking about, or maybe what was in a past issue, uh, you know, in the comic as well too. So very interesting. Well, let's go ahead and find out who went the extra mile for this issue, Jason. Well, if you go literally, it was Magneto. He was running up to space and then back. He is putting on the mile. But I think I've got to give it to Storm on this one. If not for her lockpicking skills, they would still be trapped in Antarctica and at the mercy of Magneto. So Storm gets my extra mile for this one. Delvin. Cyclops. Cyclops gets the extra mile because one of the things that he did is something that is now commonplace in X-Men lore that telepathic link being set up. Claremont did a great job of setting it up because the first two times that the new X-Men or this new X-Men team has fought Magneto, they have gotten their butts kicked. And the reason that they've gotten their butts kicked is because they all try and barge in one-on-one with Magneto and Magneto could easily handle them. And both times, Cyclops was like, look, stop, act like a team. And they just won't listen. They just barge in and this one time he finally got them to act as a team, and it took Magneto to the brink. So I'm giving it to Cyclops. Okay. Well, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that and say I'm going with the whole team on this one for going the extra mile because they actually worked as the team. No. Don't give me that. Don't give me that no. face. Jared. No. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't care. That's my <laughs> <laughs> it's his 40th. So I really think they really, they came together. I like it. And to see them come together and put a beat down on him on Magneto was great. So Jared, since you don't agree with me, what would your choice be? I'll give my extra mile. You, everyone had great picks except for Pat's pick. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give my extra mile to Colossus. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Colossus. I, I just love to see him go with the beat down. I mean, he busted those ribs. He, he socked him in the face. I still maintain Magneto should be dead, but Colossus did the most damage. And he was wailing away. I probably shouldn't give it to him since he didn't stick to the plan, but so many good choices. And everybody's here was valid with the exception of Pat. Okay. Well, 40 episodes. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Um, I just looked in and looking at the update. Yeah, Jared, it's not looking well for you. Ah. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're being replaced with Delvin Cox. There we go. Uh, no. <laughs> Welcome no, to the experience, mother. <laughs> <laughs> well with that let's go ahead and get to the rating for this issue it's a one through five it's five you loved it it gave you a ring to swing on four you really liked it for this special 40th episode it's a 3.5 joe november style it sang to you gave you a tune three you liked it two you didn't like it and one you hated it it turned you into a baby and you got a massage and a back rub and uh, <laughs> a bath and a massage yeah. is a good day right there. Oh, I know. What's he complaining about? I don't know. Man. We gotta break out of here. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, this afternoon. After bath time. <laughs> Delvin. I'm giving it a four. I was gonna go around a three, or maybe even for this episode only, 3.5, but I'm kind of realizing I was being a little bit spoiled here. It's Magneto. And it's the X-Men. And they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. <laughs> and it's a good fight. And it's a good fight. So any pretentiousness goes immediately out the window because this is literally classic X-Men and what we come to expect from a good X-Men book. And that's kind of the same thing that I had with Spidey, too. It just felt like classic Spidey. And there were just these elements in there where you looked at it and you're like, this is a Spider-Man comic. This is an X-Men comic, and it gets a four. Well explained. Jason. So I'm going to give it a solid four. This is everything that I love about the X-Men. Like you said, Delvin, this is X-Men versus Magneto. It doesn't get much better than this. I thought the art was spectacular. It was a great fight. The first time this new team has really put Magneto through his paces, and it ended with a terrific cliffhanger. I mean, for me, it's a 4.5, probably almost five, but I'll settle on a four and give it to Jared. Let's keep the four train rolling. I may have had my picadillos and my complaints, but it's a good fight. We got cool backstory on Storm. You got to remember at this point in X-Men lore, we didn't really know all this, so that was cool. And we got some awesome art, so I'm going four. So the question is to you, Pat, are we going to open the door and get on the floor? Everybody, let's walk that dinosaur. Yeah. (laughs) This is another book that I want to read the next issue. I can't wait till we, if we get to choose and only you Crusader Club members can do that by going to patreon.com and putting down a dollar to help get your vote casted when we do the next episode. Mm -hmm. Will we be able to read X-Men again? It's really up to them. Mm, It's up to them. It's not up to me. We all know that. I can't even join. Could be worse. You could live in the basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Thanks, Jared, for speaking of that. Keep on Jared, the right though, mm, I'm going to have to ask you to kind of pick up your stuff and. <laughs> oh, there's maybe, something uh, down in the basement. The I'm going to need you to go down there and finish oh, some uh, see where this GPS is reports down there for me. <laughs> And we got a bit of a roach problem. So if you could just take care of that while you're down there. All right. So I'm bunking in with Clinton. Well, gave you too much grief uh, on this episode. All right, Bunky. I hate to tell you, but you're going to be replaced with Clint Robinson. No! That's <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, been a fun 40 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> You can just leave. <laughs> you can leave your sky striker too on the way down. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, it's going to bring this part to an end. 
So you got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, and we will be right back. Hey, everybody. Quentin Robison here. I recently attempted to sneak into the Longbox Crusade headquarters basement to watch some of the Albrecht Brothers action movies while the crew was out at the Saturday matinee theater. Too bad I had a little mishap and got stuck down here with no movies to boot. However, there are pieces of Pat's old podcasting equipment and excellent Wi-Fi service, so I decided to pass the time watching online fan films and talking about them. What, you don't know what a fan film is? Well, there are these non-theatrical movies that people post online of already established characters and settings. Hey, hey, hey now. Just wait and see. Save all judgment for what happens when you listen to Fan Film Fridays, a new podcast found on the Longbox Crusade podcast feed. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, Storm's Lock Picks in the Mouth. No, no. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> TheYardSaleArtist.BigCartel.com. Early access to special Longbox Crusade episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. And Helica Wolf, Bill from the Batpod, Blasted or Stash It, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, David Capuni. Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Ivy Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L., Jim Jarman, <laughs> Joe Thomas, John and Maggie, Jose Poyo, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W., Paul Hicks, Reggie Hancock, Rick of Jeff and Rick Presents, Ronald Went, Ross Michelle, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Toronto Cop, and one-time donor Bradford Williams. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Hey, mister, give me a dollar. Hey, mister, how about it? One dollar. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep short, just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. 
Good job, Delvin. And for this episode, we actually don't have our usual likes, shares, and comments section because we've recorded it before the last episode dropped. But we won't forget you guys. We will roll you into a double roll on an upcoming episode. Or if we record that one sooner, triple roll. And if the next one, it'll be a quadruple roll. That's a lot of rolls. I see how they roll. That's you know what we're going to do. Let me roll! Seriously, folks, we truly appreciate the interaction we get with you guys on social media. The likes and the shares and retweets, it means a ton to us. We have not forgotten you. It's just we don't have them in yet because we haven't released the last episode. And by the time you hear this, I believe Crusadeness will be over. Oh, Mm -hmm. so there's so much that you've already heard. And we just we enjoy each and every one of you and we appreciate it. We won't forget you. We'll catch you later. Just want to say thank you again, too, for this is 40 episodes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Truly, I mean, when I say wow, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it that it's been 40 episodes of this podcast. So uh, it's all because of not only these three guys, but because of the listeners as well. Without you guys listening and supporting us, it just makes it even funner for us to do this every mm-hmm. week that we record this. So it really has been a blast. That's for it sure. Has it been, has been, yeah. 40 Chronicles. Hey, 40 more. You believe it? Here's to 40 more. more. Absolutely. Here, here. That put us in the freaking 220s in the sky. <laughs> Crazy. We won't rest until Venom shows up. That's right. <laughs> I got to figure out what's going on with Jonah and Marla. <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it, dude. Will Betty ever change her hair? <laughs> I thought she looked very pretty. I'm not saying that she's pretty, you know, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just like that style of hair doesn't do it for me. Thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, Longbox Crusader Chronicles blogspot.com where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade i want to again give a big thanks to jared jason and delvin for joining me on this episode and what? to you Yay. the listeners can you believe it okay <laughs> but before we go let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet jason where can you be found? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared, how about you? I'm at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It is all at Yard Sale Artist and probably at my nearby Chinese restaurant, Delvin. You can find me on DEE underscore RAY1977. I'll probably be serving at the restaurant that Jared goes to. Sounds coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. I will be making special deliveries of what you ordered from that restaurant. Nice. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered in to win some free stuff on our live raffles, be sure to join us for our next episode of Doing a Live Stream over on the YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Just like that. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. So until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to... Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> that's gas me. That's her gas me for air. <gasps> music for crusader chronicles is provided by musical genius joe november check out his soundcloud at j-o-s-e-f-l-i-m-9-9 you won't regret it all songs song clips and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended we are just fans that like to share our love of comics outtakes but anyway avatar is the ride you need to really go on looks like you're really having cool. fun yeah it did it's like 4D, and they had stuff when you went. In it was like area. what? It's 4D. 4D's nuts. 4D's nuts. <laughs> so. With an on-sale date of June 20th, 1978. <laughs> These numbers are killing you today. It is. When I say white dragon, you say red death. White dragon. Red, red, death. red death. White dragon. Red, red death. death. There we go. Woo. Two dragons enter. <laughs> One dragon leaves. One dragon leaves. <laughs> Well, you work gone get what you're worth. <laughs> you want to be white? Or you want to be red? It doesn't matter. You, you decide. Gotta be willing to take the hits. It's a street fight. Ooh. <laughs> What's the matter, Jose? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> One take. <laughs> on the next the next exciting episode of Anime Comics. <laughs> so is it is it the Soas or the Bofa? <laughs> Bofa these nuts. <laughs> <laughs>